This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Love. Many of us have probably experienced it at one point or another in our lives, either romantically or otherwise. But what exactly is love? How do we put that feeling into words? I'm Darshan Johan and this is Today I Learned. On the show with me today is Rosie Khalid. She's a counsellor. Welcome to the show, Rosie. How are you doing? Good, not too bad, Darshan. Before we get into the topic, um, right, I would like to go on a quick tangent because you're someone who is very passionate about, um, you know, topics surrounding relationships. Um, you've come on BFM many times to talk about relationships as well. Why are you fascinated by this subject matter in particular? Right, right. Yeah, so I have a huge interest when it comes to family and family relationships and I believe that everything stems from family so naturally I'm into relationships too <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's one of it right and then I think humans can't live in isolation we need relationships it's simply because we're all emotional beings right. we're all social beings right and that's something that is innate in us even in research, it says that, you know, uh, the type of relationship that you have with your partner or even the community that you have, right? It determines uh, practically how long you live. <laughs> and that goes to show how important uh, relationships are. Rosie, what is love? How, how do you even begin to unpack a question like this, right? What does literature and psychology tell us about love? Okay, so by definition mm -hmm. <laughs> it is basically strong feelings right like affection tenderness right and then if you're with this person in this person's presence then you feel happy or you feel um pleasure right and i think that's a form of devotion to this person's well-being um so you want to make sure that this person's okay healthy you care for this person and then there's this sensitivity to their um, responses or their reactions, right? Uh, so, but that's definition, right? And it's something that's rooted in not just evolutionary, meaning it's for reproduction purposes, but it's also something that's biological. Right. Like if you see children who, you know, came out from the mother's womb and suddenly loved the mother, right? Like, where did that come from? Right. <laughs> that is love, right? And then there are different kinds of love that you build, like with friendships and because of connections, similarities, shared interests. Um, so there are many different types of love, like whether it is passionate love, romantic love, or more like companionate kind of love. Right. Um, and so they are different. So every relationship is different. Right. Mm. So... You know, what would you say are some of the key components of love? In psychology, three things. Mm -hmm. So you have intimacy. So that is, you know, like basically how close you are, how connected you are, you know. Um, and then there's passion. Passion, mm -hmm. basically, it's all about physical attraction and romance and your sexual relationship. So that's passion. So intimacy, passion, and the last one would be commitment. Right. Um, this is basically how committed you are, the feelings, um, things that you do, you know, just moving towards like maybe shared goals and doing something together, you know. So that's more about commitment. 
Right. Mm. You know, earlier you brought up something interesting. You said when we look mm. at the definition of love in and of itself, it, it talks about, you know, um, happiness that, that you feel when you're with someone or, or that pleasurable feeling, right? But you, we also see that there are a lot of relationships in which um, you you see that there's a lot of sadness there, there's a lot of anger there, there's a lot of suffering there. Um, would you say that these are loveless relationships or can people simultaneously be in love but also just their lives full of misery and suffering and, and all of that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They can happen simultaneously, right? And Because it's a spectrum, right? Can you be happy without being sad? Or can you be sad without being happy? And sometimes the pain that you feel just tells me the degree of love or the degree of loss that you feel with this relation in this relationship, right? And just touching a little bit more about love there, right? Love is something that we interpret through a social context as well. So for example, if you're on a date with someone and you have a heart palpitation, you know that's attraction. Right. But if you are sitting in an exam and you have the same heart palpitation, that is not love. <laughs> <laughs> that is anxiety. But it's the same it's the same physiological signs, right? right? Which is heart palpitations. But in a different context, one is you going on a date, the other one is you sitting on an exam. The interpretation of the heart palpitation is different. As you know, someone in the field of psychology, how do you make sense of that? Like, where you know you can go to, you know, do one activity, and heart palpitation is something negative, and then you do another activity, whether it's a, a going on a date or, or something like that, and the heart palpitation becomes positive. How do you make this distinction, like uh, between a positive heart palpitation and a negative one? <laughs> <laughs> social cue, social context. And that's right. why human beings are social beings. Even as a baby, you would um, try to understand your parents' facial expressions and you want to see if there's any kinds of threat. So facial expression is very important and it's also uh, an important milestone for baby to have that, to react to emotions or to have emotions. So this is why we are all emotional um beings as well as social beings and babies they learn emotions through their parents as well so if you're in a culture where parents don't show emotions people don't show emotions and more likely you're going to grow up as someone who don't really express emotions right you know so you're you learn so much through social since baby lah. Mm. Right. So psychologically speaking, what separates love from other forms of intimate relationships, um, such as, you know, a one night stand or, or friends with benefits, things like that? Emotional connection. Right. Your, the emotional vulnerability that you have. Right. Um, there has to be some form of um, transparency, some form of emotional exposure. Um because without that, like the relationship wouldn't deepen, right? There's no emotional intimacy. Like it's easy to get that physical intimacy, you know, and physical attraction. But whether or not the person allows themselves to be emotionally vulnerable, that is something else. A lot of times, you know, when we, we watch a movie, we're just walking around somewhere, we see people 
uh, and we might have you know you know some sort of uh, minor attraction there like wow that person's really good looking like wow that person's really sexy you know things like that just thoughts that pop into our uh, our mind um, sometimes we have a crushes or, or a crush on someone sometimes people have multiple crushes um, you know throughout their times and and, and all of that um, uh, how how does it go from that into something where like you said you know there is that that sense of deeper emotional connection, um, that that sense of deeper, uh, where you can share your vulnerabilities with that person. How does it go from point A to point B? I guess it's about having conversations. Mm. That has to happen. So, you know, even when people go on Tinder, right, you need to talk before deciding where right. you're going to go from here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, because, because physical physical attraction isn't going to... It's something that's superficial. Right. But there are people who do place very high importance in it. Like physical attraction is very important. Um, but anyway, going back to connection, emotional connection, conversations are very important. But what do you talk about? Are you talking about the weather today? Or are you talking about how you feel? Are you talking about um, what you're facing today and how it hurt you or how it affected you? So I think it's about what you share, but how do you get there? I think there needs to be a sense of security. You need to feel safe with this person. You need to know that this person is not judging you. This person accepts you unconditionally. So I think this is something that's very important in relationships, right? Um, acceptance. Acceptance means that even if your husband doesn't switch off all the switches, you still love him. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you have different uh, love languages, you know, um, you know that this person and you acknowledge that this person loves you um, and that you accept it. So acceptance is something that's very important too. And when the other person feels accepted, you can feel a sense of safety, then you're able to be more vulnerable. But it's not something that happens overnight lah, unless you spoke the entire night. But then when it's still new, right? Your brain kind of releases this thing, this mystery, you're in a fight-flight mode and it's very interesting. It's like cocaine. It's literally like cocaine because <laughs> it, it activates the same part of the brain when you take cocaine versus right. when you meet someone new and it's all so interesting and mysterious and thrilling, you know? Yeah. Right, so right. which is why you're on cloud nine, lah, right? When people are in love for the first few weeks. All right, we do need to go for a very quick break. On the show with me today is Rosie Khalid. She's a counsellor. After the break, we continue unpacking the topic for today. What is love? Keep it here on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashran Johan and on the show with me today is Rosie Khalid. She's a counsellor and she's helping me unpack what is love. So Rosie, you mentioned the love languages, right? Um, why are there different love languages? Personally, I feel that that's because, again, upbringing, mm -hmm. family, how your family have shown you love. So, for example, if I'm a child that I'm a child that was raised in a really rich family, you know, and my parents were too busy to spend time with me, uh, but they showed me a lot of gifts, and I learned that love is associated then to gifts. 
you know, versus spending time, versus quality time, versus um, maybe even verbal affirmation. Um, but some people who have parents who are more expressive, you know, I love you, I missed you, uh, that more likely you may be, you know, into into words lah. You need words of validation or affirmation and all that. Or it could be the lack of that that you feel that you want that. Maybe there was a lack of. Um, you know, gives that you want gives right now. So there are many different factors because I think everyone is made up differently based on their past and upbringing and whatnot. Sometimes it could be because you had that, you turn out like that, or because the lack of that, so you long for that. Right. When we look at the love languages, it's um, they're not very similar, right? One from another. Mm. Like one of it is physical touch, then you have words of affirmation, then you have quality time, you have gift giving, and you have acts of services. Now, these are very five very different ways of expressing love. So I'm, I'm wondering how much does culture shape our perspective and experiences of love? More than you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> more than you know, but right. more than you're aware of. Have you watched Disney growing up? Right. <laughs> so I think there's that, right? Um, and it's it's everything. Like we are shaped by everything external around us, from the media, from the TV you've watched, um, from your parents, right? Uh, from the culture in terms of maybe gender stereotypes. Um, and this is something that's so deeply embedded, right? So if, if how I witness my parents' relationships, that's how I would have my the type of relationship that I'll, I will have. If it, the culture thinks that divorce is something that's normal and acceptable, then it's that, you know. If I think that my mom is supposed to just cook at home and make sandwiches for my dad, as a girl, as a lady, that's what I will learn too. So culture is a huge topic and it plays such a huge influence in, you know, whether it's love, whether it's how you express love, whether it's what you think is love. It's just a lot of things going on there. If your love language is physical touch and mine is acts of service, does it mean that what we ultimately feel is the same? Just how we express and receive that feeling is different. Correct. So, for example, if I'm a chicken, I would like to have chicken language right. <laughs> spoken to me. Right. Right. So I have. I feel I understand that that's love to me, ah. and I think we all have unmet needs. Right. We right. all have unmet needs. So it's about fulfilling that needs too, whether it's externally or internally. Right. Now, we know for a fact that certain things like advertising, capitalism as a whole, shape our perspective of love. For example, before 1930, few people around the globe proposed um, for their marriage, proposed using a diamond ring. However, a large-scale advertising campaign using movies, music, pop culture, shaped society to associate proposals with a diamond ring. Now, many people don't even find proposals legitimate these days if there is no diamond ring involved. So, isn't that bad when people associate love with materialism considering this isn't shaped innately, it's shaped by external factors? Mm, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> And this solely depends on the relationship, right? Right, Because every relationship is different and it requires two people to be on the same page. 
So if one is willing to give that amount or that type of love and the other one is more than happy to receive that type of love and they're right. both happy, no issue. But problem is if one is demanding for more and the other can't, right? Then there's a bit of a friction in the relationship there. Or maybe it's too... I don't know, it's too much. Um, and maybe there's part of this other person that is being compromised. So that's when you see issues coming up. So it really depends on that relationship and how the two people, whether they're happy giving and receiving. And likewise, you know, I think when it comes to the danger zone, it's always when things are getting a bit more sticky. Um, sticky means I have to do everything with you. I have to spend time with you all the time. Um, I'm not going to go out for my uh, boys' night out or futsal night out or ladies' night out because I want to be with you all the time. I need you all the time. Even when I'm out with the ladies, I need to text you. I need to make sure that you're okay or we're talking, you know. So I think just being mindful of being sticky because this basically translates to codependency. Right. It feels, it feels good, but it's very detrimental. Um, yeah, so I think you just have to be careful with that. What does love look like without any form of these cultural markers, whether it's Valentine's Day, whether it's Disney movies, whether it's religious way of expression of love? Look at a baby. Right. <laughs> right. Look at yeah. a baby, right? Because without all the external influences baby so accepting so loving mm -hmm. uh, so helpful but i think going back psychologically like going back to what is love right three things that the intimacy the connection and the passion yeah so i think those are the three main things but how it looks like and the degree the varying degree for each person it really depends on the person and the relationship Right. Yeah. So this is where I think there's no like one way of looking at love because people look at love differently, whether or not it's culturally influenced. Um, maybe. And this is something, you know, I realize even for babies, some are very cuddly, some are not. You know, some are like, no, 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 no hug. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some are more, and I guess, I don't know, there's probably a biological aspects to it, you know. Um, but um, this is something that um, nurture and nature as well, right? Yeah. So that means some parts of how we want love or we receive love partly is biological, partly is environmental. Psychologically speaking, what separates romantic love from non-romantic love? And how do we perceive those emotions um, in our mind? Different parts of your brain is activated. Mm. So remember the cocaine part? Right. <laughs> the cocaine part of your brain that gets activated. That part is only when it comes to romantic love. Right. Yeah. So which is why the love that you have for your mom mm -hmm. is different than yes. the love that you have for your wife. It's different because different parts of your brain is activated and you have different needs that are filled, right? So with mom, you know, how do you talk about something that only you talk to your partner about, for example? And I think there are different needs there. And I think relationships are also transactional. You are with a person because the person can give you something. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So different connections, different relationships, different parts of your brain is activated. Um, how do you tell 
it's different. So whether you want to differentiate whether this is just I love you as a friend or I love you as something more, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> For example, right. how do I do I friend zone you or do I not friend zone you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think it goes back to the three things. Mm. Um, do you feel intimacy? Do you feel passion? Do you feel like there's a certain level of commitment that you would like? And if you have all three, then, and this is based on a theory, Sternberg's theory. So if you have all three, then you're no more likely that's a romantic relationship. Because you don't talk about intimacy with mom relationship, right? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, on that note, I'm also wondering, does psychology reject the the notion of one-sided love because there is no intimacy in one-sided love. Um, there could be passion. You could be, you know, very mo- emotionally invested in that person and, and so on and so forth. But there is no intimacy there. There's no commitment there, at least not two-sided commitment. So does that mean that the notion of one-sided love or love at first sight, for example, does it not exist within the realm of psychology? Or how, how do you see it? In that theory, it's not something that needs to be reciprocated. Right. So it can be, that can be seen as love still. If you have those, you know, it's not something that needs to be reciprocated. Same as children and babies, right? They are Babies who are born in families or parents who actually don't want them or don't love them back, but the child's love is still there and it's right. still real. You see, um, I don't think they reject it. Psychology rejects one-sided love. Um, I think love is love, regardless whether it's um, the other person feels the same or not. Right. Yeah. So if you're gonna friend zone, then it's still love, you know. <laughs> uh, but 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 I think the question to ask yourself is this: Why do I love? Because love is a huge term, right? Right. Why do I love this person even when this person doesn't love me back? And if you're seeing the same pattern across most of these people that you probably had a crush on, and you fall in love, like fall in love, love, you know, not just like then you may want to ask yourself, am I self-sabotaging? Mm. Um, am, am, am I subconsciously going for people that I know do not love me back and validate the thinking that I have about myself, which is I'm not lovable? Rosie, I have one more question before we wrap this conversation up. A few days ago, I was having a conversation with some friends um, you know, on dating, marriage, some of them are going to get married soon. And we were just discussing all, all these sorts of things. And then one of my friends who has been single for some time said, um, you know what, guys, I don't even know what love is. It's not that I'm not attracted to women. I am. I've gone on dates. I have been in a relationship. I just don't understand what is it that you guys are talking about? What is love? How would you, Rosie, tackle a question like this? Well, in therapy, I probably ask, how did your parents show you love? We'll start with that. Right. You know, we'll start with how did your parents show you love, express their love, whether to you or whether to themselves, to each other. And, you know, I think this has to come from a place where we build self-awareness first. Do you even know who you are? Do you even know what you like? We'll start really basic stuff, right? right. Do you even know um, 
where your identity, you know, your needs, you know, what you actually need, what's lacking, and what you're craving for, what your your mind, your body, your soul desires. So it's really about understanding you first, instead of trying to understand what love is, because that is something that's more external, right? And we we've understand we understand that there's so many external influences attached to what love should be and what love is. So really understanding who you are first, understanding what love looks like internally. How do you even love yourself? Start with that. How is your relationship with yourself? How do you show yourself love? Start with that. Often it's not an easy thing. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Rosie. No worries, Dashan. That was Rosie Khalid. She's a counsellor helping me unpack the question, what is love? If you missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.